Hey there, folks. Welcome back to the Grave Consequences podcast. I am Caleb B. That's where you can follow me on Twitter. Follow Greg at X Maserati. Follow the show at GC underscore cast. As always, follow Social Suplex at Social Suplex. Uh, also, check out Eddie and Caleb Cast. And it doesn't matter what we call this. That's a podcast I do on Anchor. Check out everything else on the Social Suplex lineup. We'll, we'll talk about that at the end of the show. Also, that being said, folks, this is Season 1, Episode 22 of not only Lucha Underground, but the Grave Consequences podcast as well. The title for this show was Mask versus Mask. I have no clue why that is. Maybe we'll find out. Maybe we won't. I'll be interested to you know figure out where they go from there. Uh, Greg... <laughs> For posterity, the date is January 12, 2021. This is our second recording of the new year. Yes. Yeah, it is. Awesome. Awesome. And how are you doing tonight, sir? Well, I'm pretty exhausted. I'm actually pretty sure I might have COVID, to be honest with you. Oh, God. Go get tested, dude. I, I have to. I think it's mild, though. Like, I'm fine. Yeah. Uh, but I I noticed that yesterday when I was trying to go to sleep, like I couldn't take big breaths. Oh shit! Yeah, well, like without coughing. So, but it could be just like a normal winter type flu or something. That's the worst part. Is yeah. like you know, it's I. The worst part is that I've been trying to see my family, uh, yeah. other parts of my family, and you know we have a we have a a, a newborn. Well, he's a year old, but uh, mm-hmm. I kind of have to, you know, God forbid I ever spread it, to, you know, to a to a child like that. Yeah. So it's I got to think about that. I got to find time to go to the doctors. Uh, I'm a huge pussy when it comes to the doctor. So I got to will up the courage for uh, the nostril test. That looks awful. Yeah. See, uh, I'm more of a huge pussy when it comes to paying them. Um. Yeah, I, you would you would think, uh, but although man, I, I guess just, COVID testing in most cases is free, I don't know. Uh, I actually like sometimes health insurances. I've seen some of the bills people get for COVID tests; they're ridiculous. <laughs> sometimes it makes sense to go to the to a clinic and say you don't have health insurance and just pay like a couple hundred at most, yeah. at most, as opposed to like getting a bill for like six hundred now. I'm exaggerating, but not really. I've seen some crazy bills. Sometimes health insurance is not great. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i not really a left-leaning person, but uh, every time I get a hospital bill, I lean more and more towards socialized medicine. <laughs> well, I mean, like, we wouldn't, uh, you and me are in the same, uh, I think uh, politically we're, we're pretty close. Uh, yeah. But, you know, even if we didn't have socialized health care, just if, uh, the government got in there and regulated some of the pricing and even how much yes. insurance companies, because a lot of it is just that we all have health. Well, I, I say we all, a lot of people have health insurance, but you know, you're, what are you paying for? Like you get the bill and it's like, why am I paying for this? I could have just yeah. like, I, I have an HSA and, and, you know, I recommend anybody that has HSA offerings to do the maximum. Cause usually uh, you can calculate it so that you end up paying most of your deductible through that, and it's it's not taxed. Uh, we won't spend the whole podcast talking about that, but <laughs> uh, if the government would just regulate pricing, 
because it's out of control. Yeah. That's the problem is they're taking advantage of the consumer. Uh, there's no competition. Yes. You get your insurance to whoever mm-hmm. your employer gets it from. And your employer doesn't give a shit about you. They're just trying to get the cheapest bundle for their, all their employees. So the the problem is like you it's it's you're not the you're not the person buying it it's your employer and and the ones that are individuals suck because uh, I've had to use them before too so uh, I guess we'll get off that topic but because uh, <laughs> we could we could rant about that too uh, because it, you know it, times are changing and I think uh, we're gonna see some changes on that front or at least I hope I do or at least I yeah. hope we do because I think most people uh, that aren't bullheaded can acknowledge that we have a problem with the healthcare system. Yes, I would agree. But I guess enough about politics and, and medicine and potentially getting socialized, et cetera, for the night. Mm. Uh, we can start off with the show. And I like that the first thing we see is not Dario in his office, but we cut to the empty temple. So like the day of the show, but like no one's there. I thought that was a good um, image in my opinion. Yeah, they do a good job of, uh, like they say in the in the Batman films, like even the the uh, what's the who who's the guy that did the one with Michael Keaton, who's the director? Uh, uh, it's Tim Burton. Tim Burton. Even the team Tim Burton movies, they make Gotham like the world is almost a character that you have to interact yeah. with. And mm-hmm. Lucha Underground does a good job of that as well. Like the Temple, Boyle Heights, the the backstage segments, the dirty locker room, like. It sets a, a a very different world that sets it apart from everything else, and it and it feels like a real real living, breathing uh, world. Yeah, absolutely, man, absolutely. So the first thing we see tonight is Dario Cueto in his office, and he is speaking to not okay. Pardon me, the one and only, the Lucha Underground champion Prince Puma, who, who is accompanied by Conan, and uh, I love that Conan has just like. He's had it with everything Dario. Like he is not here for it whatsoever. And Dario Dario brings up the uh, trios tournament and he says, like, we need the best of the best in this tournament. That's why Puma, we need you in. And uh, you, you need uh, you need to find two partners because we've already got your opponent assigned to you. Oh, and uh, by the way, your your opponent you're facing tonight, King Cuerno, will have his two partners with him. And so find those partners or face the consequences, I suppose. And I love that as they're leaving, <laughs> Dario says, oh, and uh, one more thing. He just completely buries the lead here. He says, oh, one more thing. <laughs> Tonight's match is for the title. Dude, I had a few feelings about that one. Like, I kind of like it when the champion has to defend his title, like kind of all the time. Within yeah. reason. Because uh, it makes him a fighting champion. And then you get away from the situations where the champ can lose a million non-title matches and then constantly win the title match. Yeah. You see that in other promotions, and it gets old. It gets lazy. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, uh, Cuerno doesn't deserve a title shot. And we love Cuerno on this podcast. We, we love do. him. but We he love lost. that whole-ass cowboy. We do. But he lost against against Mundo in a cage match, and he's lost against Drago, uh, mm-hmm. I believe. Didn't he lose in the end, or did he get the winning pin? I forget. Against Drago? No, he beat Drago, but he, like, he won. Like, Drago couldn't stand up, but he was, like, physically, like, he literally physically could not stand up. He oh, was that's when he was restrained. holding the ropes. Okay. Yes, yeah. yeah. But I mean, who he's he he lost to Mundo, so and then he's getting a title shot. I mean, it's one of those things where Dario is clearly screwing him. Uh, yes, but 
it, it's a, it's a weird feeling because if if you try to argue the like you know if this is if this makes sense you could end up in, a, in an endless argument um, yes you could a worthless argument too but yes dude how good did those belts look all of them even puma's belt oh yeah the lucha underground belts are amazing even the yet to debut unnamed title that i won't spoil that's the best one just because it's crazy looking but those trios titles look i i like uh red belts like i like the u.s championship in new japan i like some of the white belts like i like the one in the ic title in new japan i kind of I, like I like the um speaking of red belts do you like the nwa tv title i think i haven't been watching it while the tv title's out and i have to go back and watch it when, when i did mean that i'm specifically referring to the old one that had like the abc and cbs logo on the side and everything i don't know if i've seen that is that like you're talking i'll send school? you a picture I will send you a picture. Yeah, old school. Like Arn Anderson held the thing. Oh, I, I wasn't watching back then, <laughs> and I haven't gone back. I mean, I didn't think you were. Like, you're not that <laughs> old, sir. No, uh, I mean, I might. I, I like different. Like uh, the only titles I, even the WWE 24, 24 title, twenty four seven title. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. look great, but I mean, it's different. <laughs> it's like a boxing belt. It's green. It's gold. It's. Uh, you know. I think it was also, hear me out, it may have been design, designed to be, like, intentionally bad. Yes. Yeah, I could see that. But it's still yeah. good, though. You know what I mean? Like, it stands out. Like, I you, I don't watch WWE, but I know the 24-7 title. Uh, I yeah. can tell you what the tag titles look like anymore. I don't, I think they're yeah. pennies. I think they look like pennies. Uh, They upgraded from pennies to dimes, actually. That's still better, yeah. but I... I you know, I I remember it's one of those things where uh, it's I don't believe that all 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 uh, new all press is good press, but you know uh, it's it's a it's a fucking jobber title, so it doesn't need yeah. to look. It just needs to fucking stand out, and it does. It reminds me of the Crash Holly belt. Remember when Crash yes. Holly had yeah? <laughs> uh, the well, that was like they literally like the story of that was like they dug it out of the trash. It was an old WWF title they <laughs> took out of the trash. I love that. That yeah. was great. I mean, sometimes the uh, and and even sometimes places struggle with this when they have a belt. They end up with too many belts. Like, oh, this one is this way class. This one's that way class. Sometimes, I mean, it's wrestling. Make it fun. Sometimes you need a belt like the the hardcore title or the soon to be de- debuted title in in Lucha Underground, which has an mm-hmm. incredible. Uh, it's used so well. I'll say that. Yes. There's a tournament based around it. It serves a purpose. It's got a cool gimmick and aesthetic. I mean, I can't wait till that episode, to be frank. Well, I will wait. I don't know when to bring this part up, but yeah. me, me and you know who wins this. Yes. The people that are being put in this tournament, I don't remember these killers being in this tournament. You don't? No. Like, I remember who <laughs> wins, and these are killers. Like, well, yeah. I guess we'll wait until we we get there. But there's yeah. two teams that are declared here that I'm like, wow, how the hell did they not win this? Either of them. Yeah. So so it's going to be new to me. <laughs> I don't remember this. So this is incredible. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree. Uh, so at the start of the show, actually, Sergio Arua plays us back in, by the way. Uh, great stuff as usual, and I love that Vim- Vampiro was pimping the uh, the red Lucha Underground shirt. I actually own that one. I want one. I never got one. I think you could probably still buy it online. <laughs> I have to get it because uh, you know I've been framing my my wrestling T shirts. 
Yes, yeah, I've seen that. Uh, you had a Hanukkah and a uh, was it a Kenny one? I have the old school Kenny Terminator one where he's holding the gun like the Terminator one uh, with yeah. the red eye. I got Hanukkah memoration, and I got the the Rainmaker with uh, with Okada uh, closed on in the fuck out of uh, the leader of Japan, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Yeah, so th- that's great, man. First match of the night, trios tournament continued. We have got the team of the trio of Son of Havoc, Evilise, and Angelico. The first thing I noticed is that while yeah, Angelico got some love here and there, but like Son of Havoc and Evilise. They were like the whole entire arena was chanting for them. Like they are over, over. It's funny because they were, but Ivelisse throughout this match, she acts like a heel. <laughs> she does too. She's full on Ruta throughout the whole thing. It's crazy, um, but they love her. They do. They do. But I mean, this is the same arena that loves Pentagon Jr. And he's done nothing but break arms and uh, try to kill people. That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> but that being said okay i love that okay the trio they are going against drago aerostar and phoenix okay so phoenix can try to play peacemaker between the two no uh no john cena um that being said the first thing i wrote down and the first thought i had when i heard those names announced because i forgot they were in the tournament uh Me too. my first thought dario cueto is a dick <laughs> He he wants the strongest to survive, and he if you show any weakness around him, he I I really do think he's he's a a, a, a comment on Vince McMahon. Like he wants to crush weakness because he sees as a reflection on himself, and it makes him insecure. So he has he yeah. has to destroy it. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, Phoenix was rocking some pink pink gear that was, was just amazing. I wasn't feeling it personally. I was like, that's interesting, but. <laughs> and I've never seen a I've never seen a pink phoenix. So, um, but you could tell me you're just from not the looking guys. hard enough. That's true. I might not be. I haven't found too many phoenixes <laughs> out there. Uh, well, you got to look for you got to wait for something to burn down. Come back like a day later and see if anything comes from the ashes. You know, I was just going to smoke some DMT. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay, at one point Evelise is trying to fight Phoenix and Phoenix ain't having it. And not only that, Evelise isn't even the legal person in the match and Helico is tagged in at this point. And uh Phoenix just says, "No, no, no." Throws her into <laughs> Angelico, who elevates her over him onto the apron. <laughs> See, I I didn't know why he was doing that and I just started laughing cuz he cuz he he didn't want to wrestle her and then he just stops and starts yelling in her face no no as if like she touched him in the no no spot like he, yeah i didn't know she was legally in there so that makes more sense cuz she just wanted to she just wants yeah. to hurt people yeah and again phoenix is like okay think what you will of prince puma like oh he's the ace of the company no ray phoenix is the ace of this show like he is the top baby face and he is a pure baby face because he clearly does not want to fight this woman or he want he this woman. He wants to fight this woman as little as possible. That's for sure. He's a true baby face and Ray Phoenix will go down as underrated by a mile cuz he's so good and people don't talk about him enough. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, uh I wrote down Drago is an idiot because at one point Aerostar nails a dive, I believe on Angelico and Drago pulls Aerostar off off of Angelico during the pin, 
tries to pin him, even though Drago's not legal. And the referee's just like, I'm not counting this. You're not legal. Yeah, there was quite a... This was a whole match where not just one team had some inner conflict, but both teams did. Both, yes, yeah. And it came to... And even though one team uh, had more on paper mm-hmm. conflict, like Angelico, Havoc, and Evilly, they all hate each other. They Evilly. do. Uh, yeah, even even though on the other team, it's just Drago and Aerostar that have, you know, they're they're not really they don't hate each other, but they're just in, in, in an intense uh, uh, series of matches at this point. It's just yeah. getting personal, uh, but it, it comes down to who can stay together the most. And at one point, Ivalice just stops. Yes. And, and just leaves. So I, I, you, you're led to believe like, OK, well, they're screwed now. Yeah, so that's kind of towards the end. Um, here is a comment I wrote down from Vampiro, uh, the lovely Vampiro. He says, she has a three-piece set that is quite large. What the hell is he talking about? A three-piece set that's quite large. Is that sexual? I, I can't take it any other way. I think he's saying yeah. that she has a penis and balls. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. Also, by the way, Vampiro, uh, factoid of the week. This is a new gimmick of mine. I'm going to tell you some factoids about Vampiro. Maybe little known in some situations, but, you know, you're going to hear about him. And, you know, folks may not know this, but people thought in 1994 there was no World Series champion because of the, the lockout. Now, that's not true because Vampiro fielded a team of eight low-card luchadors from Mexico, and they actually beat the Montreal Expos to win the World Series that fall. So... There's your Vampiro factoid of the week. Did you know that, Greg? I know nothing about yeah. anything. Yeah, Vampiro uh, won the World Series in 1994. So just write that down. Uh, go edit the wiki for sure. Sounds like something he'd say. <laughs> it's did true, you, man. Did you catch the spot where Ivelisse kept trying to do a dive to the outside? And everyone... Oh, yes. Everybody kept stopping her and doing their own dive. <laughs> yeah, everyone was cucking her dive from her. But then when she did her dive, it was like meh. Like she jumped from the turnbuckle and did a crossbody. Uh, it, it was it was an interesting segment, but it didn't have a great payoff because by the time she did it, it's like oh okay, cool. Yeah, you know, like I bet like with this build up, I better see a nine rotation dive, and it wasn't even close. <laughs> there was no rotation. It was just a crossbody. Nope. Uh, yep. Eventually, though, also, you mentioned it, but Phoenix is in a real Steelers wheel situation, you know, stuck in the middle, stuck in the middle. He's trying to play peacemaker. And at mm-hmm. some at one point, Aerostar and, and Drago start fighting like Bebop and Rocksteady did in the old Ninja Turtles cartoons and, <laughs> and video games, like almost exact. That's the first thing that went through my head is like you ever play Turtles in time when Bebop is dressed like a pirate. They're both dressed as pirates and they're both hitting each other when you do enough damage to the one. That's that's what this came down to. That sounds awesome. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, you mentioned it. Um, okay, at one point there was a spot where Phoenix hit a rope walk into an elbow on the apron. My only problem with it was, like, Angelico looked a little too cooperative. Like uh, he, when was, he was doing you know, the, uh, kind of assisting. When he was in the Tree of Woe uh, spot from the from the ring ropes. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I liked it because uh, he was 
he got himself stuck. Yeah, I could see that. But it, I thought it was going to be like a double stomp like, like Patron does. Uh, yeah. I was kind of glad. It was a crisp elbow drop, though. Yeah, I would agree. Um, what the hell would you call that weird, like, double half-assed punch to the chest counter that uh, Son of Havoc does? Double punch to the chest. Uh, it's because he's going, he bounces off the ropes in reverse and throws his arms out lariat style. But again, it's kind of half-assed because it's very last minute. Of oh, when he catches himself the rebound? Yes, yeah. God, what would you call that? I think it's just rebound a... Rebound uh, reverse lariat, maybe? That would be the technical name? It's kind of technically a almost a springboard. I, I, You could say that. I'm not sure if there's an official name, and I can't think of it. So what, you, what you're calling it is a, a, a rebound re- lariat? Yeah, rebound reverse lariat, because, again, he is you know, not looking at his opponent as he's hitting them. I think that makes sense. I mean, I can't think of any because there's no term for the way he lands in the ropes because his neck goes under it. Yeah. And his shoulders and his and his arms catch him. So it's kind of dangerous, actually, if you think about it. Yeah. And, you know, we, we talked about how Cage is one of the dumbest wrestlers of all time a couple of weeks ago. But um, Aerostar and Drago might have overtaken him because. Ivelisse, Son of Havoc goes for the uh, tag to Ivelisse, and she li- leaves. She's gone. She goes up the stairs and everything. Those two <laughs> have Son of Havoc by himself, essentially, because Angelico's out of the equation, thanks to Ray Phoenix. And they still lose somehow. It, dude, it was crazy. We, we, me and you both knew that this that their team would win, but I was mm-hmm. like, how? Because I didn't remember yeah. Ivelisse. This is, every, like, this is a swerve-done very well it nowadays yes. like nowadays if you think about it because it's not just a dumb swerve like if you explain this match except for the finish to anyone else they'd be like oh so you know ivalice cost them the match everyone would say would expect that to be the finish but no havoc won. i think yeah. with a 450 was it a 450 or a shooting star? uh ssp yeah uh, it, it he who did he pin aerostar or? uh i believe it uh, drago it was drago I was going to say, son of a bitch, I didn't write it down. <laughs> I think it was Drago, like Drago guy. That sounds right. That sounds right, sir. Yeah, I think Drago took the W, or took the L. I mean, this yes. was a shocking win, even though we knew, it's one of those weird matches where you know the outcome, but it still shocks you. Yes, absolutely, I would agree. So with that in mind, folks, in two weeks, we have the finals of the Trios tournament. We have two of the three teams confirmed. We have the team of Big Rick, Kill shot and the Mac against the just winning team of Son of Havoc and Helico and Evilise. And then we've got a third team that will be determined next week between Team Cuerno and Team Puma. We will find out who are on those teams uh, pretty soon, actually. Dude, it's crazy because they just introduced Mac and Kill Shot and they got it. They they have a lot of talent that they managed to keep strong. Yeah. Even though Absolutely. people have to lose, there's no, there's very rarely a fuck finish, mm-hmm. but they still keep people looking strong. It's, it, I think, yeah. I emphasize that because a lot, it's sometimes people have trouble doing that. Yeah, it, it can be hard for sure. <laughs> like uh, anytime John Moxley faced a Haas this summer. Yeah, he fought some good talent, but sometimes it was kind of hard to make them seem like a, a big deal, even though they were. Uh, it's not. Yeah. It's not easy to 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 do that. 
I would agree. And folks, that is not an attack on John Moxley. It's more an attack on a booking team. But enough AEW for this week. Uh, the very next thing we see, that dickhead Conan going to the locker room of Prince Puma, who is doing pull-ups, not wearing a shirt, and not talking, as always. All right, Vampiro. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, okay, like, I think, okay, like, we don't like Vampiro, but we obviously clearly, like, I can speak for me at least, I'm really starting to hate, starting to hate Conan. On the show, yeah. He's a yes, yeah, not like IRL. Like I don't know the guy. Oh, I, I mean, I like Conan because I, I like listening to Keeping at One Hundred. I've been going mm-hmm. down a rabbit hole of listening to them uh, yell at Disco. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, his character, and I, I like you know, I say that because I don't, uh, I don't hate him. Uh, but his character yeah. is very confusing. Like I guess yes, it is confusing, and maybe maybe it is the intended heat they wanted. Yeah. It could be because it there is a lot of pressure, I feel, like between Puma and him and especially what happens in this segment. Yeah. So Conan comes in and says, oh, hey, by the way, I found a partner for you. It's Hernandez. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Conan says, hey, we just need you to find another partner. Mundo comes in. Hey, he's already got one, pal. You dickhead. And. <laughs> Conan, Conan is just so pissed, man. And Mundo leaves, and Conan says, "Hey, like if that uh, jabroni or whatever he the hell he says, you know, tries to turn on you, Hernandez will split his wig. And if Hernandez doesn't, I'll split his wig. So, Mundo, be careful. You might get your wig split. I just like that they did the handshake the way that Hercules Kevin Sorbo did on the old Hercules show, yes. where they they grabbed the entire hand that they flex to show their muscles." Um, amazing the only thing that would have made this better is if they did like a jenny mccarthy where uh johnny mundo came in and immediately spit in conan's face and or threw a drink in his face <laughs> just outwardly amazing. disrespected him i don't know if you've ever yes. i'm pulling out of like left field but did you ever see the jenny mccarthy show i did no. not there's a there's a there's a skit on there where the whole skit is that she always throws her like she always she has a glass of wine and she just always mm-hmm. sh- throws it in your face and people just keep walking onto the scene and she just, that's the first thing that happens. It sounds stupid, but it kills me every <laughs> time because these guys just, there's just tons of people with just wine in their eyes, <laughs> but, and she Jeez. can't even keep a straight face on this filmed skit. They couldn't, it's not live. They couldn't yeah. get a, get a uh, clip of her not corpsing. Yeah. That's I'll have to, you'll have to send me the link to that brother. If I can even find it, like I like I'm telling you, this is out of left field, but that's the only thing that would have made the segment better is if Johnny Mundo like just completely disrespected Conan, spit in his face, you know, threw a drink in his face and said, yeah, dickhead, I'm his partner. Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, by the way, up next, Sexy Star versus Superfly. I have no clue what. Are they just going to do a singles match? Is there going to be any sort of stipulation whatsoever? Probably not. Yeah, that's fair. Oh, shit. No, Hefe uh, came out and told us, hey, it's mask versus mask. And Hefe says he wants no mercy. I wrote down John Kreese style. <laughs> By the way, if you haven't already, watch Cobra Kai. Watch all three seasons. Hey, should we rename this episode to Dario Cueto as a dick? Yes, absolutely. We should. Because that's like the whole I just realized that's the running theme of this show. This that's episode. the running theme of the series, dude. 
but it's like really apparent here like the first yeah. match the first promo or the first vignette mm-hmm. this like he's you know i think that should be the title but yeah episode 22 dario cueto is a dick Basically. and even the commentary team is putting over how much of a dick dario cueto is he's like hey uh matt striker's like it's really unusual for a promoter to book a surprise mask versus mask match. I think they're playing into the fact that Dario is Spanish too, because they're saying yes. like, it's a lot of heritage with the Mexican Lucha Libre. And mm-hmm. I think they're trying to like point out that he's disrespecting tradition even yeah, more. Yeah, because he's, he's Spanish and fuck Mexico because he's Spanish. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. I think that's what he's, yeah. he's, but he's trying, they're trying to do here. And, it's working on the crowd yeah absolutely man like dario he's so jesus christ he's the best gm character since mcmahon in the attitude era we've discussed that before but he is such a dick i can't think of a better one if i could only think of examples where people have failed yeah i mean mike adamley was i'm kidding uh Dario, by the way, had a great quote before the match, uh, before he said, ring the bell. He said, if you don't want to lose your mask, I suggest you forget you were ever friends. I mean, it's kind of good advice if you don't want to lose your mask, because they they actually do a very good job on commentary and in the psychology of the match, showing you how important this mask is. Uh, Absolutely. They start chain wrestling and it's a good transit. It's a good uh, change from the previous match that was a lot of high flying. Uh, Mm -hmm. And in my opinion, the previous match was a lot of, for the most part, uh, not so choreographed flippy stuff. Like it was just high spot flippy stuff, which is better to me where it's not just it didn't look too much like everyone was helping each other. It was just people jumping into each other the whole time, which is fine for me. That's great. Uh, I just don't like it when it's obvious you're helping each other. But in this match, you know, they start with some chain wrestling, some basic lucha grappling and mm-hmm. as it goes on, Superfly gets more and more desperate. And he starts Bruh, that mafia kick. I insane. Love mafia kick. I love that. Yeah. I think yeah. he even referenced um, Masahiro Chono at one point. Yeah. Uh, that Stryker did. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he, he didn't do anything wrong. I think we agree upon that. Superfly didn't do anything wrong here. Yeah. He, no, I would agree. Um, it, but like eventually sexy star, like she gets serious and she like mounts him and starts throwing girl punches and not to sound like a chauvinist, but those were girl punches she was throwing. The, the mounted, uh, punches. Yeah. She, she does it. She does a good job of getting emotion in her strikes. Like she, it's not always crisp and perfect, but you know that mm-hmm. she's pissed or she's like just giving it her all. Like it's all, you know, rage. It was a good yeah. match. I mean, as it the was. match goes on, they start booing Superfly because he starts doing yeah. more heel type moves. Oh, they, but they were ready. They were ready to boo Superfly the second he hit that mafia kick, which was the first sign of aggression he had the entire time. They immediately started booing him. I think it's one of those examples where the heel is justified. That makes the heel even better. Yeah, and, and he did. He wasn't wrong for doing it. It's just he was doing it on a woman in yeah. the match, and that made and now, it easier for them to boo him. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Vampiro, and in context, this is in relation to uh, Sexy Star and Superfly just going really far to try and win the match. And Vampiro says, you know, it's like, you know, if you go that far to beat me, I'm going to hurt you. And then Vampiro, a sentence later, says, that's kind of like my marriage. 
holy shit, Vampiro might beat his wife. <laughs> or she might beat him. Possibly, yeah. I think he I don't think he's with his wife anymore. Ah, uh, that's fair. That's fair. Also, don't okay, that guys, that was a joke. Okay, so don't like send this to uh Ian Hodgkinson and uh get me sued. Okay. Uh, oh man. Oh, by the way, Sexy Star won with it like a really just out of nowhere roll up combo. Yeah, she did a Mahistral Cradle, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. She basically stole the 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 pin. It made sense. Uh, this was they basically had a match to tell the story. A match wasn't yeah. the focus. Like they did a few things to make him to get her some uh, baby face Sympy. love. Yep. Yeah, and they did stuff to give it. And the interesting thing I felt is that as soon as the match was over, she won. He was no longer yeah. a heel anymore because he lost. He even did honorable things like showing, like letting her take off the mask as tradition. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he actually showed a lot of honor there. Uh, and I'll, I'll let you walk us through what happened next. <laughs> okay. So like you had said, you know, he shows on and sexy star. She's hurting. Like she's friends with Superfly. That's pretty clear, at least in, in the kayfabe. And um, she's hurting that she has to take his mask off. So she takes his mask off, you know, not, not at the most willing of states, but whatever. And immediately pulls him in for a hug. Sexy Star decides she's going to yield the ring to him because he just lost his mask. So he may never be back for all we know, because that changes things. And as Sexy's leaving, Pentagon Jr. shows up. He uh, knocks uh, Sexy off the apron, picks up Superfly. It's a package pile driver and then snaps the arm to the love of the temple. Yeah, the only problem I had with this is that you could see Sexy just watching it happen. Yeah. Yeah, that was, was bad. I wrote down, I was like, okay, John Cena, like, what's going on here? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And what's worse is, like, after after Pentagon breaks the arm and starts to leave, but he's still on the apron, Sexy Star comes in to, you know, hover over Superfly's body, and she says, I'm going to get you. It's like, you're feet away from him. Like, yeah, she could have stopped it. You guys aren't even, like, technically socially distanced right now. You could You could go... And start a fight with him right now if you wanted. She could have stopped it. <laughs> she was Possibly, right there. Yeah. She was I right mean, there. they kind of they kind of try to obscure those camera angles. Like so it's probably not in kayfabe that she was supposed to be that close, but uh we're talking semantics at this point. I still say she's stupid. Or oh, I, she I, absolutely I, is stupid. Or I'll say she's a Hogan esque heel where she seems like a baby face, but she's really a heel. I bet you she actually does worse things in the future. I don't know, man. She seems pretty honorable. I, I can't think of anything unscrupulous she would do, man. We'll have to see what happens. Did we you see? Uh, did you see Pentagon gave her the suck it? <laughs> I didn't see that. That's great, though. She was as he got out of the ropes and she was like yelling at him. He just gave her a suck it. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm so glad he did. Okay, so next up is our main event with the Lucha Underground Championship on the line. Prince Puma is accompanied by Conan. Hernandez and Johnny Mundo. And by the way, Prince Puma is wearing atop his head a Puma as a trophy. And I wrote down, hell yes, dude. It looked dope. Stryker said he was mocking yeah. Cuerno, but I think Stryker was uh, ad-libbing or didn't know. Because, I mean, spoiler, Puma will wear that going forward. He will, it's his, yes. It's his thing. He's not, he's not mocking Cuerno at all. I, at least I don't. 
see but that as he him. didn't wear that before though correct this is the first time he's worn that to the ring very first time this is mm-hmm. he, this becomes his gimmick uh is his so it, it could be it could be one of those things that was like introduced to mock someone but just became a staple it's possible i could be wrong i just didn't think mm-hmm. so and matt striker talked about long reigning champions and I mean, Prince Puma is technically the longest reigning Lucha Underground champion at the time. But um, he also points out uh, like how, OK, it's been a short run so far, but like he's beaten everyone he's faced and he's been a fighting champion. But he name drops three people synonymous for long title reigns. CM Punk, Nick Bockwinkle and Bruno San Martino. Interesting trio there, man. Which I mean, yeah, I know Punk had the 434 days and. San Martino was like eight years, but it's just kind of weird, you know, hear those three names brought up together. It's very weird. And it's very optimistic to think that Lucha Underground will be that around that long. Uh, that that might explain the long contracts. And yeah. while he was dropping those wisdom nuggets, Vampiro dropped this nugget of enlightenment. He pointed out that Hernandez and Johnny Mundo are wearing the same pants. Which they weren't, by the way. <laughs> that makes They're, it better. Like they- they may have been like from the same uh, genus, I guess, but like they weren't the same color. <laughs> you know, I actually might have written the name down. It's about one of the other guys that comes out. I think he said had the same pair of pants as Mundo, but he still it was a I had it didn't go anywhere. He didn't. Follow no, he up. said that he said he said Hernandez and Mundo, which again, they didn't. They weren't matching. OK, so I didn't write down wrong. So I'm thinking someone else. Well, it it, it, it was an interesting comment that was just. It kind of stopped my brain. It was kind of like, you ever seen the uh, Lewis Black special where he's like, if it wasn't for my horse, I wouldn't have made it that year in college? That whole skit? No. Jesus right, well, Christ, no. <laughs> if you Google it or YouTube it, it's it's a good skit. But it, this was just a comment that just, it's one of those things where you hear and your brain just resets. Because you, you just don't <laughs> understand. It's words. It forms a sentence. But it just makes you can't contextualize it with anything like, well, okay. They're yeah. wearing the same pants. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. So Cuerno came out with nobody, which what the fuck we were told he was going to have his team with him. Dork. All of a sudden, a few seconds later, we hear I'm a machine and cage and Tejano come out together. And this said, team... give me the biggest Cowboys you've got. Yeah, exactly. This team has a name that I've given them. Uh, it's completely unofficial because I'm giving it to them six years after the show aired. But this team name, this trio will now officially be known on the Grave Consequences podcast as the whole ass cowboy machines. Almost as good as one winged cowboys, but, you know, oh, it's better. It's better. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm, I may be biased, though. Um, uh, okay, so early on in the main event, I noticed like Cuerno was just too strong for Puma. Did you notice that, man? Dude, this was probably this might be Cuerno's best match because yeah. he was he looked good, all his moves were crisp. He whooped some ass. There's a botch later, uh, you might not, I'm not sure if you caught it, but that's later in the match. He he even soccer kicked Puma's head, yeah, at one point. That looked it looked like he killed him, <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, how did they fake that? So one thing that led to something interesting was Puma diving. He was diving toward uh, Cuerno, but Cage and Tejano were right beside him. Cuerno leaves. 
Puma gets caught right into a backbreaker for Cuerno. Or Puma gets caught by Cajun Tejano, who gets dumped to Cuerno with a backbreaker. Neckbreaker, rather. Pardon me. Jesus Christ. And at one point, like, we have got the Rudos of uh, Cage and Tejano in front of a line, an invisible line. And behind that line, we had Cuerno holding Prince Puma, basically holding him hostage from Hernandez and Johnny Mundo. And, okay, like, I like the aesthetic of, like, again, he basically got kidnapped, you know, for a very short amount of time. But it kind of made Hernandez and Mundo look really stupid because it's like, just go around the ring. Well, he was whipping a, the bullwhip. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time they That's got fair. close, so they were they were they were inept. They couldn't do anything about about it because he, he, he was swinging that bull rope. He almost hit the crowd. He almost hit the yeah. people in the chairs. And you know, I don't blame him, uh, it, but it was one of those things where I guess it's a New Japan-esque match where uh, you can't get disqualified for that. <laughs> On the outside, yeah. Oh, my God. There was one point when uh, Stryker brought up Puma's training, and he mentioned the great Conan. This set off Vampiro. He says, <clears throat> how the hell can you say the great Conan? Where is he a legend? Where? <laughs> and Stryker's just irritated. Yeah, he said he's, he's a legend everywhere. He's like, where? Name one. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I, I don't know is... if this is heat or if he just feels this way. <laughs> yeah. So damn weird. Okay, and at one point, um, Puma's in the corner. He's down. Cuerno decides he's going to grab Marty Elias, take him for a walk to the other corner. How dumb can you be, Marty Elias? What the hell? I think most referees are deaf, dumb, and blind in wrestling. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, man. Um, uh, Okay, so at one point, Mundo dives onto... He's trying to dive onto... It wasn't Cuerno but it was Tejano and Cage. And he dives onto Tejano, but Cage doesn't eat a bite of that dive, man. No, and I think that was the cork... Was that the corkscrew cannonball? It's like a parkour-looking move. I tried to Google it, but I couldn't find anything similar to it. But he was like he was in a cannonball. like He had his knees up to his chest, and he was spinning. I, I believe you were right, yes. But uh, that seems as though it was intentional, or at least maybe they ad-libbed uh, after the mess-up. Because immediately we get a face-off between Cage and Hernandez, which Vampiro compares to Godzilla and Mothra. I really like that. Which one's Mothra? Shit if I know. Hernandez is Mothra? Mothra? Yes, man. I don't know. I would actually say Cage is Ghidorah, King Ghidorah. And I would say, no, he's Mecha Godzilla. And because he's a he's a machine. Yes, and Hernandez would probably be the the one monster, the kaiju with the drill arms. Because <laughs> he sucks. I love it. Yes. No, I hear you. I hear you. I agree, sir. Don't besmirch Mothra. I'm sorry, man. Uh, OK, at one point, Matt Stryker points out how like and it's a good it's a good thing to point out because this match was a fight. But he points out how, you know, most of Puma's matches, they're clean, they're pretty, you know, for lack of a better term. But this is an ugly fight. And that's the best way to describe this match, man. It, did he not see the cage matches? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of weird now that you mention it. Puma, by the way, missed a springboard shooting star press. And Cuerno then landed multiple Germans and a vertical suplex for two. Cuerno at one point. Yeah, he did. He did. He eats a roundhouse in the corner. 
Puma nails the 630. It's worth pointing out Hernandez got involved. Puma didn't. No, no, no. Did Puma see the interference or no? Uh, I don't think he saw the interference, but he was arguing with Hernandez, kind of like uh, Havoc and Ivelisse w- would argue. Yeah, uh, which me- made me think like, oh, I, I don't remember him losing this match, but yeah, um, it, it was uh, it was a weird spot. It was very mm-hmm. weird. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. I, I, I don't know if he saw the interference. I don't know. Yeah, but either way, it's like okay, maybe he didn't see that interference, but Hernandez wanted to interfere again, and Puma's like. Hey, back the hell up. I'm going to win this on my own. And as Puma's going up for the 630, he kissed the head of the eight-point buck. That was a great touch, man. Yes, I love that part. And he yeah. it just put an emphasis on it. And even though he puts Puma, or even though Puma puts Corno away here, Corno mm-hmm. looked every bit like he deserved to be in this main event, even though we said earlier that he didn't. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. But he looked like... Any given Sunday, he could have won that match. Yeah, inch by inch, man. Inch by inch. Um, <laughs> Puma wins the match. Ref raises his hand. Hernandez is like, nah, dude, I'm raising your hand. Puma's not having it. Puma is already fed up with Hernandez, and he's known him for two weeks. I'm fed up with Hernandez. Yeah, yeah. That's great, man. This this dissension amongst the ranks leads to Cage sneaking up, and then all of a sudden we got a six-man brawl to end the show. And literally to end the show, like the credits are rolling as the brawl is ongoing. It was a great touch, in my opinion. And I think they needed this match to make Puma look stronger. Because like I said before, this match of Cage, he didn't look strong. No, no, he looked lucky. This was a definitive solid win for him. And they did a better job mm-hmm. with this because like I, I keep I keep harping on, Cuerno did not look, he didn't lose anything from losing this match. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. So they made up for the the cage match. Like I really do think that that cage match it made Cage look stupid as hell. Like as if he, you know, you have that child toy where you got to put the block through the for the block shape, but he's sitting there hammering it through the circle, wondering why it's not going through. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's pretty much the show. Uh, we may as well grade before we uh, shout out the rest of the lineup, right? Yeah, I can say so. I, I'm going to give it... I, I can go ahead because I already told you I'm giving this an A. Yeah, that's a great call, man. Um, I... Just because I thought the mask versus mask match was a little flat, I'm going to give this a B plus, A solid B plus, but that's that's high praise, man. That's fair. It's always fair. Mm-hmm. I, I usually don't care for sexy star segments, especially with Superfly, so I can yeah. respect that. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, guys, I guess that's the show. Uh, we've got plenty of other great shows on this lineup. We have got Flo- – uh, pardon me. Do you have the lineup, sir? <laughs> no, but I can I, – I, we got All Things Elite with Floyd. Uh, mm-hmm. We got uh, One Nation Radio with uh, James Rich and Rich. And James. Yeah, we got uh, Keeping a Strong Style with Jeremy and Josh. Uh, we mm-hmm. got eight bit suplex with other Josh, um, and Sandy and Sandy. We got, um, grown men watch this shit, uh, Ricky and Clive and uh great match generator. Uh, yep. Don't believe I missed anything. You got grown men watch this shit, Ricky and Clive. I think you hit all the, hit all the marks, man. All our shows are great. We got WWE. We got impact. We got 
AEW, we got New Japan, you got Lucha Underground, which I know you all want. Uh, yeah. And I, and James sometimes covers I th- he covers stardom on uh, uh, One Nation Radio. One Nation. Yeah. They cover they cover everything. They even cover basketball and politics and and everything. Because uh, so, they're the flagship show, I believe, officially. Yes, yeah. yes they are. Well, it, it's definitive. They are the flagship. They were the standard bearer. They were the original. They're the OGs of the network. Yeah, so they're not really uh, uh, pigeonholed to like one one uh, promotion. So I think maybe one day we could have a stardom-specific um podcast but I, I i think it would have to be it james would have to be willing to do you know another podcast or either muzz or me would have to become more uh educated on on the history and stuff and and you know i just enjoy watching it as a fan at the moment yeah no i'm the same way with wrestling in general i couldn't even dare to try to start stardom i barely watch wwe and aew dude it's hard i got i yeah. You know, Lucha Underground, I have to squeeze in there because uh, I'll yeah. be honest, I watch Stardom more than I watch AEW. And I love Kenny. You know me. Like, I'm a Kenny yeah. Kenny Stan, but uh, it's hard, man, when you when you have, uh, you know, <laughs> it's hard to balance that with, with real life sometimes. Yeah, there's only so many hours in the day, man. But that being said, folks, folks, we're getting out of here. We love you. Thank you for listening. Don't forget that. Some people might say we don't. Some people would be wrong. And always remember, sometimes when you're wrong, there's nothing else than grave consequences.